What's up, nerds? And welcome back to your weekly movie review podcast. That's right, you are locked in and tuned in to the 3FN Podcast. And of course, we are coming to you from the 8122 Production Studios at Dragon Master Games. This week, we are all going to be focusing really hard on the message so we can go back in time to the year 2004 and review the butterfly effect for its 20th anniversary. Oh man, I feel old. But before we get there, I am your host, Rich, and the nerds are all here. Firstly, after watching the butterfly effect, uh, Ron, he, he decided to start off small in his training of going back in time. He was like, shit, I know I've had one piece of pizza left the other day. He stared at the receipt hard enough, and you know, somehow he got a whole pizza, but he also got uh, a little, uh, some crabs brought to the party, ladies and gentlemen, it's Ron. Once, once, one time, one time, one time, one time. You know, a little bit of Rit takes care of it, a little shavy shave. A little shave, a little shrub it off, you know. This, this podcast is sponsored by Manscaped. <laughs> 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 I joke, I joke, I kid, I kid. Of course, uh, the other nerd, he doesn't need an introduction, yet he has the longest introduction in all of podcasting. Ladies and gentlemen, it's hashtag Big Natty Cool, hashtag Mad Dog Strong Style, hashtag Challenge Accepted, hashtag Diesel Malenko, because he's the man of a thousand and four hashtags. He is the leader of the minnows gang and is your favorite podcaster's favorite podcaster he's the man the myth and the legend rolled into one jolly old ginger bearded feller this is diesel i thought the butterfly effect was a documentary on the tramp stamp <laughs> you know ironically enough when that first started off when we were younger and there was a lot of butterflies. Oh, a lot of butterflies. A lot of butterflies. <laughs> Although I once dated a girl that had a thumper back there, which kind of ties in a little bit, right? <laughs> right? And it was kind of interesting. I put a few of them in a cocoon. <laughs> I'm just, <laughs> I love where you're going with that. But yeah, no, it's uh, it's an interesting uh, dive back to the year 2004. We'll be talking about that, of course, in the 3FN Movie Club Review. But before we get there, of course, we'll be visiting uh, Diesel's movie Triple Stuff. But... Let's get uh, some of the pleasantries out the way. Ron, how has been your week? Uh, week's been all right. Can't really complain too much. Had uh, you know a couple birthday parties over the weekend. Woo-hoo. You know, it's just one January is a busy month for yeah. a lot of stuff. And you know, our Wednesday group we established. We got to the point where, unfortunately, with the Trinity of Dragons, they they like to point out days a lot. Okay. So like, there's like a couple different events that shows that you're this is taking over a course of months okay in, in D&D realm a lot of people don't really follow track days times yeah. you know years i was in one group that did you know long years ago so you know your character would age by the way. it doesn't matter so we we were on the part the next part of a caravan idea type of thing it wasn't really a caravan but, okay. you know, but same thing because you did a caravan earlier on and by dumb luck it only took us in you know five days in game to get to where we were going and then it just turned into, oh, but there's a bunch of people living on this giant iceberg, okay. you know, plateau iceberg thing that we had to find. And all it was was, oh, let's go, you know, oh, in order to give a, give you information, your, you know, you pick one person to fight our champion, blah, blah, blah. And, of course, I'm the barbarian, so... I go into this <laughs> duel. If it's your first day at Fight Club, you have <laughs> to fight. And it was the whole thing of, 
no magic, you know, yeah. no much. I take off my armor and take off, you know, couldn't use my new sword that talks to me. Was shrinkage <laughs> a thing on the iceberg? Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Meow. <laughs> so we're sitting there and we actually, the, you know, the fight went through and like an epic battle succession. It was going back and forth. And then, of course, in order to win, I did roll the crit. Oh, nice. <laughs> so it's like that epic moment. You're just like, whoop, and hits and goes. And, you know, granted, it's, it's a thing. It's just funny on how it actually rolled out or role played out. And yep. you're just like, yeah, oh, that, that, that worked. So instead of rolling the nat one and taking yeah. the big L. Yeah, it was, a, it was the nat 20 for the win. Nice. So. <laughs> we'll take stuff. it. Good stuff. Diesel, how's been the week? Uh, pretty good, actually. I uh, tried the new Indian restaurant that just opened up in Vestal on Saturday with a couple of co-workers. That was really good. Nice. Um, so if you're like Indian food, I would suggest checking out the Dosa Grill. It was really good. Um, so then I went home and uh, made some adult Chex Mix with some THC honey. I'll have to bring you some Wednesday if you want. Yes, I'm, I'm in. <laughs> I'm in. I don't know how potent it is because the THC honey wasn't really well labeled, so it's a crapshoot. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm, I, I, I'm willing to gamble. I'll just pick a day where I, I don't have a lot to do, just in case. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so then Sunday, I was supposed to go up to my dad's, but we had the bad weather, and it was really nasty out in my neck of the woods, so I wound up just staying home on Sunday. Um, and then actually took today off and had a really good day. So <laughs> yeah, I was wondering why you were at the studio earlier. I was like, he beat me here. That's interesting. <laughs> yeah, uh, I was. I was just as a free Wi-Fi, so I could make sure I got the last of the movie in. Yeah. And hopefully, you didn't watch Last of the Mohicans. You actually watched Butterfly Effect. Uh, with that, uh, yeah, my week has been good. I I didn't do. I mean, I our friend George came down. Uh, him and Grayson nice. came down, and we uh, went and watched the Royalist of Rumbles over at Ken's house. And nice. A uh, good time doing that. Hear all about it. Uh, of course, if you go to Nerd Initiative's YouTube channel, the Royal Rumble post show is up. We talk all about our feelings about the Royal Rumble right after it happened. Uh, but on top of that, of course, Wrestling Night Live every Thursday night, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Nerd Initiative YouTube channel. I know I'm plugging right up before plugs, but <laughs> hey, that's where the wrestling is if you're trying to find it nowadays uh, that I'm involved in, at least. Uh, on top of all of that, like I watched football yesterday, like a lot of people. I mean, still pissed off that the Kansas City Chiefs are back. Uh, not because of Taylor Swift, because I'm a, I've a lifelong Raiders fan, if people know, <laughs> and the Raiders uh, and Chiefs aren't exactly friendly. Uh, they're a division rival, and I hate the fact that they're in, and I ha it has nothing to do with Taylor Swift. Honestly, I, I, I think she's done wonders for the business. I heard read today it was, what, $831.5 million that she's no, generated or something like more that? More than that, 331.5. Oh, 331. They've estimated that the amount of money that she's brought to the NFL this season just because of they showing her and all that was 331.5 you, you mean less because I said 831 oh, yeah, I, gave yeah, her, yeah. I gave her more oh, yeah. but yeah yeah okay so, sorry yeah, 331 sorry, 331 I knew it was at it least was I got that 31.5 that's an insane amount of money so <laughs> hey I'm all for it the football is a national pastime so the more that they can make so it doesn't bother me I mean if it bothers you at home I'm sorry that it bothers you uh, but I just don't like the Chiefs because I'm a Raiders fan plain and simple uh, but uh, the, that comeback from the 49ers in the second game the bet still lives on god damn it yeah. <laughs> I, I, for, so here's the, here's my logic originally I have been cheering for, for some years now I've been you know cheering openly for the Detroit Lions not because of the bet because they've gotten better and I think that that team deserves it they've never been to a Super Bowl no. their fan base man deserved this year where they made it to the championship game and everything so I've really had a soft spot in my heart for the Lions however after the Chiefs won I went 
All right. I don't <laughs> think the Lions can beat the Chiefs. So on, let's go 49ers. And uh, we got our wish. So we'll get the rematch of a couple years ago. Nope. And hopefully the, the Niners and Brock Purdy can do the Lord's work <laughs> and, and take out the Chiefs. I'm just throwing it out there. I mean, if any team can do it, I guess it's them. Uh, I, I think if you're a Niners fan, you should just be happy the Ravens aren't in because we saw that ass whooping they gave uh, the <laughs> Niners. Uh, I, I do think that the NFL had to call an audible once the uh, Super Bowl plans got leaked. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I don't. I like see. I've, I've. Here's the thing. I think there's a certain amount of point shaving that goes on. Like, I, let's be honest. I, I really do. But I don't ever think it's a complete work. I do believe, like, in a like. Let's talk about MMA, like going to MMA. And I know we're getting off topic from like stuff. So sorry, guys, that, that don't like this. And I promise it won't be much longer. But like when you watch, when I watch MMA and UFC, I've always said, don't let it go to the judges. And I know me and Kenan talk about this all the time. You can't let the refs affect the game. You have to blow out the team by enough that a referee's call is yeah. not going to affect you. I don't think that the ref... I mean, there was calls that weren't called against the Ravens in the Kansas City Ravens game, but at the end of the day, it was the Ravens who beat themselves. Yeah. Like, they were the men, ones that made the dumb penalties and the dumb turnovers at the wrong time. You know what I mean? So I don't think that it's on the refs. There has been cases where the refs have gotten involved, but if you, as a team, allow the game to be close enough that one call could possibly change the game... I think that's on you as well. Yeah. So that's how I've always looked at it because, yeah, of course, there's going to be golden boys and golden teams. And you know what I mean? Like right now, Patrick Mahomes is the the gold standard, the number one quarterback in the NFL, what the league wants you to know. Yeah. Although I think Lamar Jackson's a better quarterback when you really boil it down. But nothing against Patrick Mahomes. He's great. Yeah. But he says all the right things. He does all the right things. And he's a great player. The Kansas City Chiefs are winning and have been winning for the last, you know, what, seven years now? Like, they've been in the picture. Uh, so it's kind of like going back to the Patriots days, although the Patriots were not as marketable because the Patriots were kind of like the, the empire. You had, you know, the Sith Lord. There was Bill Belichick. Yeah. You had Darth Vader and, and Tom Brady, which I think he's the greatest quarterback of all time. But still, uh, they weren't likable because they didn't care about being liked. Whereas the Chiefs, they kind of put that public face on. I mean, hey, our tight end's dating Taylor Swift. And, hey, look at us. You know, Andy Reid has the Waffle House menu as a, the play calling sheet. You know, it's, it's kind of one of those things. So I, I really do believe that there, there's something to it. But I don't think it's set up. So. That's enough for sports talk. So everybody out there who didn't want to hear sports talk, I'm sorry we brought it up. But before we can jump into the show, let's get one more uh, bit of business that you might not be happy about out of the way. And that, of course, is opening shameless plugs. And if you need to find out any information at all about the 3FN Podcast, it's simple. Go to 3FNPodcast.com. There, you will find all of our social media links. You will find the T Public link. You will find the link to Patreon, patreon.com slash 3FNPodcast. For as little as $1 a month, you get a ton of extra bonus content, plus help everything we do with the show. Check out friends of the show, like the ODPH Podcast and Nerd Initiative. Go to nerdinitiative.com, the home of pop culture positivity, to find out everything that's going on there as well. On top of all that, make sure you're uh, subscribed to the Nerd Initiative YouTube channel every Tuesday night. Check out Ken M's show, Turn a Page. That is our comic book showcase for Nerd Initiative every Tuesday night, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And of course, if you're a wrestling fan and you've been following us since the 3FNW days and the 607TWS days, that is just now morphed into Wrestling Night Live every Thursday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Nerd Initiative YouTube channel. So check it out. Make sure you subscribe. Hit that bell icon for notifications and hit the thumbs up on all the wrestling stuff to so make me look good to my bosses. Woohoo! 
Uh, then, of course, there is the musical directory. We're the bands who allow us to use their music so we don't get hit with those dreaded DMCAs, Liv. And, of course, big shout-outs to our friends Shout at the Robots, whose song, Fail Better, is the theme song you hear at the beginning of every episode of the 3FN Podcast. Check those guys out and all of the other great bands on YouTube, Spotify, and Bandcamp. And last but not least is the sponsorship section. That uh, Those are the people who allow us to bring this show to you commercial-free. Giving them a quick shout-out, though. For if uh, our local sponsor here in the 607, Rex to Rods Auto Detailing. When you're ready to put the pride back in your ride, Diesel, who do you call? 607-644-3389. Tell them the 3FN Podcast sent you. The official energy drink is Dubby Energy. Go to W.GG and order all you want because if you put the promo code 3FNPOD, that's the number 3, FNPOD, in the promo code selection, you get 10% off of every order. Of course, our good friends at Sci-Fi Horror Fest. Go to SciFiHorrorFest.com for all information. And last, but certainly not least, our main sponsor, Dragon Master Games. For all your Magic the Gathering and gaming needs, visit them on the World Wide Web, DragonMasterGames.com. And of course, if you forget any of what I just said, go to 3FNPodcast.com. It's got your hookup like big. Papa pump. I really should change that eventually. Yeah, you never know. We'll we'll figure it out. And I can't say it's got your hookup like Sony Films because we know that ain't true. So, uh, what are you talking about? They're making great decisions over there. Shots fired. Of course, uh, now that we are past all the stuff, let's get into the fun stuff for you fans. And that is going to be starting off with. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Welcome to Diesel's movie, Triple Stuff. Very interesting box office this week. Not a lot of people going out to the movies. Coming in at number five for its sixth week, Anyone But You with $4.8 million. Interesting. Number four for its sixth week on the list, Migration with another $5.2 million. Okay. Still, It's cute looking. I still haven't seen it. I need to go. Number three for its seventh week on the list, Wonka with $5.9 million. Okay. If you want to view Paradise, look <laughs> around for the past almost two months. Uh, for the third week on the list with $7.3 million, Mean Girls. Yeah, the Mean Girls. The musical. <laughs> I'm surprised you haven't been front row for that. I haven't ever actually seen Mean Girls, the, the original. Really? Yep, the, I'm surprised. That came out like right after the, because that was what, 2004-ish, I want to say? Yeah, it was right around. Uh, was the, like, teen, like the tween comedies weren't my thing at that point. Yeah, we were just on the yeah. outs with that. I just I was around, around yeah. enough girls that enjoyed that. And thankfully, it's not The Notebook. <laughs> and then for the number one spot for its third week on the list, barely edging out Mean Girls, The Beekeeper was $7.4 million. Good big, movie. big week for The Beekeeper. I haven't seen it yet. I did recommend it upon your recommendation, though, Ron. I did. So I definitely still have to go see that. Uh, Diesel, what is upcoming to the box office in the next couple weeks? All right. This week we have The Promised Land, How to Have Sex, and then the movie we'll be talking about next week, Argyle. That's right. Next week's 3FN Movie Club review is Argyle, despite the fact that How to Have Sex was was, was a close, tight runner. It was tight. It was a space that we could have got. It was a space that Diesel could have tried to push his way in, but unfortunately, it did not reach climax. <laughs> See what I did there? <laughs> uh, coming out next week on February 9th, we have The Private Eye, Turning Red, 
The Taste of Things, and Lisa Frankenstein. Uh, Lisa Frankenstein was on the list, but we are going to do a selection from our uh, our patrons that week for a uh, older movie, getting in the Wayback Machine for that. So that will be still to be uh, announced because the vote is going out to the patrons. And if you would like to vote, go to patreon.com slash... 3FN Podcast, and uh, for as little as $1 a month, you get a vote in, and also get a ton of extra bonus content, help support everything we do at the 3FN Podcast. So with that, though, now that we know in the box office situation in the future and what went down this week, Diesel, it's time to hit him with that signature move. It's time for this week's top three. All right, this week it's simple. Your top three favorite time travel films. Time travel films. And this was a tough one for me because I I try to mix in TV, and I'm not going to. Uh, (laughs) But at the number three spot... Uh, we are going to go with drum roll, please. Uh, no, there's no drum roll necessary. Uh, I'm going to go with Donnie Darko in my three spots. Because nice. I do, uh, I will argue that that has time time travel all fucking day. Oh, yeah, it's a time travel movie. It's confusing as hell. Great movie. Just do not watch the director's cut. <laughs> so bad. Never watch the director's cut because uh, they try to help you along, but it makes it so horrible. It's horrible. <laughs> Uh, my number two film, and uh, it's one of those films that is, uh, I, I want to say a guilty pleasure, but you're gonna, I'm going to go back to, actually, I can't remember the year off the top of my head, but it's the 1960s version of The Time Machine. Okay. I've always dug that. Uh, when I was a kid, I used to watch it a lot. I was a big fan. And my number one is a no-brainer, and of course, it's uh, the, Back to the, fran- uh, the Back to the Future franchise. Yep. I could have copped out and gone all three movies as the three <laughs> spots, but I didn't. I, I like them. I even like three better than a lot of people do. It's, it's a hidden gem in there. If you go back and watch the franchise, three actually is a lot better than you remember. Yeah, it's really good. Actually. So I would throw the whole franchise in, but uh, it's ironic enough that the the movie we're reviewing in the Three FN Movie Club today has the man who was almost Marty McFly <laughs> shot some scenes as Marty McFly, even appears in the movie from behind as Marty McFly a couple times because they didn't take those shots out. Uh, but was not Marty McFly because that is, of course, the legendary Michael J. Fox. Uh, Ron, what is your top three? Uh, number three, somewhere in time. Oh, nice. Oh, movies good, from nineteen eighty. Solid movie. Uh, number two, I'm going actually because everybody knows Back to the Future. Honorable mention. Blah, blah, blah. So I'm going to go number two, Star Trek Four: Voyage Home. Okay, that's nice. a good one. Yeah. I anyway. thought about that one. Yeah, follow the whales, brother. Yep. I, you know, a lot of people don't like it because of that. But yeah. no, I'm, I'm not against it. <laughs> yeah, I just think it's one of the better ones in the franchise. And then my number one, we're going with Flight of the Navigator. Love, Ooh, love that movie. Very good. Very good. Well, as soon as I got Disney Plus, that was <laughs> movie number one. That was my second movie on Disney Plus because I watched Darby Gillis <laughs> yeah. and the Little People. Uh, yes, and if you don't, if you've never seen that, go ahead. Sean Connery's in it. Yeah. How did you not see it? Uh, Diesel, you're up. All right, coming in at number three, we got Frequency. Ooh, good one. Jim Caviezel yeah, yes, and yeah, Randy Quaid. Yeah, yeah, yep, yep, yep. Very Sorry, good. Uh, number two is a weird sci-fi starring uh, Tom Cruise, Edge of Tomorrow, or Live, Die, Repeat. Yeah, it depends on where you lived, is depending upon what it was called. But yes, it, I, I like that yeah. movie as well. And then my number one time travel movie, 12 Monkeys. Ooh, yeah. I, I for, you know what? I even forgot about 12 Monkeys. That's crazy. I, I want to give a shout out, and I'm sure our friends over at the Pint would be excited about this. Uh, time Cop. Time Cop yep. gets a shout out. It wasn't great, but listen, Jean-Claude Van Damme doing Jean-Claude Van Damme things is great. By the way, did you see the picture of him and his daughter that came out this week? No. Ooh, man. Looking good? Dude. J- well, first of all, uh, JCVD, 
He's looking good. Nice. But his daughter, smoking. Oh, nice. <laughs> smoking hot. I just want to throw that out there. Good genetics from uh, uh, from the muscles from Brussels, okay? got But then again, I love me some JCVD. Yeah. I know he can be cheesy at times, but I love some JCVD. He might be one of the best cheesy action actors, though. I enjoyed him a lot. True. True. I'm just glad that he ended up losing the role as the Predator, because it ended up being better. I, uh, nothing against JCVD, but... Good good change. Good change. All right, folks. That is going to do it for this week's top three and also for this week's Diesel's Movie Triple Stuff. And when we exit the triple stuff, we jump right on into... Welcome to... Three Offense Movie Club. Refreshments are available in the lobby. And please, keep our theater clean by disposing of trash in specified containers. And remember... Gift certificates are available for any special occasion. Enjoy the show. That is right, it is time for this week's 3FN Movie Club Review. And this week, we will be reviewing the 2004 classic if you will, the butterfly effect for its 20th anniversary. That makes me feel so old. <laughs> you don't understand because I remember seeing this movie in the theater. But uh, of course, if this is your first time joining us for the 3FN Movie Club, thank you and we appreciate you. Hopefully you come back and you listen to more episodes and stay with us because we got a lot planned for the year 2024. And on top of that, if you're, uh, you know, need a reminder of how we do things when there's older movies we're going to hit you off with that reminder right now we don't do two sections of the show so there's no break in the middle we do still kind of do a spoiler free spoiler full portion because up first we're going to get you with diesel's going to hit you with the his synopsis of the film i'm going to follow that up with the stats of the film including who made it and who starred in it and then we'll give you a slight warning in case you want a uh, warning from a movie that's 20 years old and we'll go then right into the full spoiler review of uh, butterfly effect before playing the game to find out the scores from around the internet and then finally giving our scores. So that's how it's set up for the uh, shows where we do the older movies. With that being said, for the first time ever, and why I'm pausing a little bit is I actually have an announcement or, or a warning or a note to add to the show. <laughs> Uh, we don't do this often and you know we have a good time and we we get a little vulgar and stuff but i do have to say that uh if you've never seen 2004's the butterfly effect and you don't even plan on watching it maybe and you're just going to listen to us because some people do that and we appreciate you as well uh or if you have seen it and forgot about it and you're going to go back and watch it there is a what we talk about today is uh, very sensitive because <laughs> there is uh, acts of pedophilia well they don't show them but it's alluded to incest violence children violence uh you know baby death it, there is a lot of crazy stuff in this movie so we just want to forewarn anybody who might have an issue with that that uh, when we talk about the movie there is stuff like that in the movie uh, i think that's the our due diligence if i'm yeah. not correct uh so I just wanted to throw it out there because I don't want somebody getting offended and going or whatever. And I'm just going to have my answer would have to be back. And it's going to sound like a dick. Like, hey, you had all the information. You could have just put in Butterfly Effect 2004 and you could have seen what the movie was about. Mm-hmm. But uh, we'll give you a forewarning because that is the a nice way about it. So now that we've got all of that business out of the way, Diesel, I believe. Man, I got a story to tell. When young man Evan discovers that he can travel back in time to change things in history of his own life, he learns that any small change can have devastating effects to the future. 
Absolutely. Of course, this movie has uh, was released on January 23rd of 2004, and it has two different runtimes because there's a theatrical version of this movie and there's a director's cut version of this movie. Uh, the theatrical release was 113 minutes long, and the director's cut is 120 minutes long. The biggest difference between the two, and we'll talk about it later at the end, is the ending of the film. The director's cut has a completely different ending, which was the original ending to the film, before the studio said, eh, eh, that's not going to work for us, brother and made them shoot a different one that was in the theatrics. Technically, there's two versions of the theatrical ending, only with a difference, but we'll talk all about that when we get to the end of the film. Uh, and just so these gentlemen know, because I know Diesel did watch the director's cut, as I did, because it's one of the things that's on my uh, copy of this is the yeah. director's cut. Uh, when we get to the end, we will go over to the theatrical yeah. one first and then go with the reasons why <laughs> the original cut slash director's cut was axed. I'm not sure which uh, version you watched. Whatever was on Amazon. Uh, yeah, like, well, it could be either one, but we'll yeah. talk about it. Well, when we get to the end, you'll know exactly <laughs> yeah. which one you watched. Don't ruin it now. <laughs> no, I ain't. All right, so the budget of this film was estimated at $13 million, which is super low, by That's the way. That's really low, and for the what they had for a budget, they put out a really good product, how it looked. Oh, yeah. Uh, domestically, this movie made $57.9 million. Worldwide, this movie made $96.8 million. Mm. Uh, the, this is one of those situations where you're like, hey, look at those numbers. It made its money back and then some. It actually... After making its money back, it actually doubled it, tripled it, quite possibly. Uh, the problem is, is that this movie is a very dark movie, like we pointed out, and that, I think that's why it didn't get any two theater sequels. Yes, there has been two direct to VOD sequels. The second one is trash. Just so you guys know ahead of time, maybe one day if we're feeling lucky, grimy on the fucking. Uh, you, the Patreon feed for a horror show or something, we might do that. Or the, and the third one was okay. That one was actually an After Dark feature. So that was the one that was done by the After Dark Film Festival. So that one's a really horror version. Uh, but uh, it's not. neither of them are as good as the original. I'll just throw that out there. So now that we uh, have that backstory and we're all jumped in and we're making this happen, let's find out... Who made this scene? Of course, director. There's two directors of this film, and the directors of this film are also the writers of this film. Uh, starting off with directing uh, Eric Breeze... Uh, his this was his first movie. The only other movie, full length movie he directed was Ghosts of War in 2020. And uh, Jay Mackie Gruber. This was also the first and only movie that he directed. Okay. They were both the writers of this film, and they did work together on some films. But there's enough different than we're gonna go. Here's what they wrote: Eric Breeze is responsible for the first film he ever wrote, Blunt, in 1999. He also wrote the final. He also wrote Final Destination 2, and then The Final Destination. He also wrote Ghosts of War, which is a movie he directed. Jay Mackie Gruber, uh, the only other movie he wrote, Final Destination 2 with Eric Breeze. What What's the rate of return this movie made? That actually shocks me that they didn't get any more like big writing or directing gigs. I, I'm also shocked. Yeah, because they had a good ROI on this. So maybe everybody saw the nihilistic uh, <laughs> version of this movie and went, is that what you guys are cooking here? I mean, the Final Destination films that uh, Breeze, Eric Breeze would do obviously made money as well yeah. so I don't, I'm, I'm not kind, quite sure yeah. and there was very by the way i not counting like their smaller stuff there was very little outside of that like tv shows and everything you know what happened they went on to direct bad movies but they uh they came back to get them out of history <laughs> however i will say this uh when i was looking this up on imdb eric breeze under upcoming has the butterfly effect listed nice so they might be making a it's been rumored for a while but it may they might actually be moving forward on a remake or requel of this movie and eric breeze is writing it uh n now we get into the person who probably made this movie and i i heard you earlier say something about the movie look good this is why the director of photography for this film was matthew f linetti uh, Mr. Linetti 
His first movie was The Bat People in 1974. He did a lot of like sloggy stuff throughout the 70s. But then uh, let's start in the 80s. He was the director of photography for Poltergeist. Oh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Weird Science. Commando. Jumping Jack Flash. Hard to Kill. Another 48 Hours. Personal favorite of ours, Angels in the Outfield. Strange Days. And then in a row, literally this is in a <laughs> row, year by year, he did Along Came a Spider, nice. Rush Hour 2, Too Fast, Too Furious, and the Dawn of the Dead remake. Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> Later on in the 20 yachts, he did Hall Pass, Movie 43, and Dumb and, Dumb and Dumber 2. Nice. <laughs> so uh, some pretty yeah. big heavy hitters on here. You wonder why it looked good. <laughs> Director of photography is amazing. Uh, the composer for this film was uh, Michael Subi. Uh, Michael's uh, career, uh, Quattro Noza, in 2003 was the first film. He did 2005's The Zodiac. No, it's not The Zodiac we were all thinking about. It is a crappier version, yeah. sorry. And uh, Ghosts of War. Lots of TV shows and history stuff for uh, nice. Michael Subi. All right, now that we know who made it, it's time to finally find out. For the love of God, will someone please punch me in the face so I can see some scars? Who starred in it? And uh, let's start off with the major star. I'm gonna, I only did three deep dives, and then everybody else, we're going to go a little less because we'd be here for a long time. Uh, but the major star of this film, of course, would be Ashton Kutcher playing the role of Evan. Uh, coming soon in 1999 was his first movie. Uh, Down to You, Reindeer Games, Dude, Where's My Car, <laughs> Just Married, What Happens in Vegas, No Strings Attached, and of course, Jobs. And uh, let's be honest, you know him mostly from his role as Kelso on that 70s show. That I think that's, uh, mind you, he did all these movies yeah. before, some of them before that still was the biggest thing. And on top of that, of course, The Ranch, if, for those of you who yep. watched The Ranch, which yeah. is, I thought was a really good show as well. Next up, uh, story, uh, co-starring in the female lead spot as Kaylee, Amy Smart. First movie for uh, Amy Smart, Campfire Tales in 1997. She would then be in Starship Troopers, Strangeland, Varsity Blues, Road Trip, Win a Date with Tad, Tad Hamilton, Starsky and Hutch, Just Friends, and then Crank, and of course, Crank 2, colon, High Voltage. <laughs> uh, I know you guys are big fans of the Crank series. <laughs> That's officially where I tapped out at Jason Statham, to be fair. <laughs> Next up, and, and the last one on the deep dive, Eldon Henson, who played Lenny. His first movie, by the way, was Jaws the Revenge in 1987. Oh, yeah, uh, he wasn't the, the, the kid, the main lead kid, but he was in the background. Yep. But still, credited. Uh, next up would be Turner and Hooch. And of course, we remember him from the Mighty Ducks movies, uh, the first one through D3 as one of the Bash Brothers. Yep. Next up, uh, you would remember him from She's All That. Personally, one of my favorites he was ever in, Idle Hands. Yep. Uh, Castaway. Oh, you remember the hip-hop Othello movie? Yep. That he was in that. Deja Vu. He was also in Jobs. The Hunger Games Mockingjays Part 1 and 2. Yep. And then, of course, uh, Diesel's favorite movie of last year, Killers of the Flower Moon. <laughs> uh, but, of course, we'd also remember, because he is Foggy Nelson on yep. Daredevil and is returning yep. <laughs> in the new Daredevil series on uh, Disney+. Plus. So it's awesome to get him back. I'm a big fan of Eldon Henson. I, I love Eldon Henson. Yeah. Uh, one of my favorite movies he did with one of the Kalkin brothers, The Mighty. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I just I always loved Eldon Henson and everything I've seen him in. Uh, next up, we uh, these are all going to be the deep, the not as deep dives, but Melora Walters played Andrea. Of course, that would be Evan's mother in this film. Uh, you might remember her from Magnolia, Boogie Nights, uh, and Dead Poets Society, amongst other things. So that's pretty awesome run. Uh, playing the role of uh, Jackass Tommy would be William Lee Scott. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I said it. Uh, you might remember him also from October Sky, Gone in 60 Seconds, and Identity. I loved his role in Gone in 60 Seconds. He was the he was the t little tech 
that kid that fucking was out of place, remember? Yeah. That's that was his okay. role there. Uh, if you forgot. Uh, next up, uh, I, I'm just going to give a shout out. I'm not going to do a deep dive on anybody here, but uh, this is big shout out to the kid actors who played those roles when they were kids. Playing the role of Evan at 13 was John Patrick Amadori. Uh, Erna Guevara played Kaylee at 13. Kevin G. Smith played Lenny at 13. And Jesse James played Tommy at 13. So shout outs to all of them, as well as Logan Lerman, who played Evan at 7. Sarah Widows, who played Kaylee at 7. Jake Case, who played Lenny at 7. And Cameron Bright, who played Tommy at 7. So giving them big shout outs because they do deserve it, but I don't want to do a deep dive on everybody. Next up, we uh, kind of mentioned, I kind of mentioned him earlier playing Mr. Miller would be Eric Stoltz, a very questionable character in this movie. Of course, you remember him from Pulp Fiction, uh, some kind of wonderful and uh, one of Diesel's favorite movies of all time, Mask, because <laughs> he played Rocky Dennis, if you don't remember. Greatest comedy of all time. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> And last but certainly not least, giving a shout-out, uh, because I could be here all day, but we're going to give only one more shout-out, playing the role of Thumper, one of our favorites here on the 3FN Podcast, Ethan Supley. Uh, you remember him from Remember the Titans, John Q, Chasing Amy, and a litany of other <laughs> movies. Uh, My name is Earl on TV. What has Ethan Supley not done? My name is Earl. That was a small TV show. Everyone remembers him from Boy Meets World. That, oh, Boy Meets World was great. I, you know, and he was the son of Big Van Vader, even <laughs> tying it back to wrestling for me. So that's as far as go. But we all love Ethan yes. Supley, and uh, Ethan Supley, I could use a personal trainer. So hook hook a brother up because if you haven't seen him lately, the transformation is oh is is fucking awesome. So good good on him. All right. Now that we have gone through who's in the movie, it is now time to jump into the spoiler full review. This is the final warning. We're not going to play the warning or anything, but if you have not seen 2004's The Butterfly Effect, you might want to pause the podcast right here, go watch it, and then come back and uh, listen to the podcast. But if you don't care about it being spoiled or you've seen it in the past and you weren't going to rewatch it or you know maybe you're judging this by the fact of watching it, enjoy because we're diving in right now. Uh, so the way we're going to do this is a little different because usually we just kind of do the skeleton of the movie, but I'm going to go through the sections of the movie because this movie has got clear sections. So even if it doesn't line up perfectly and we go, we're just going to mix it, you know, because it makes more sense to do it this way because of how the movie's set up. By the way, I think one of the best, and this is going to be a like right up front, I think the way they set up the movie in sections was actually brilliant so kudos to the directors and writers which was the same on this movie for that so basically this movie opens one of my favorite ways a movie opens not really Uh, but it was the uh, late 90s early 2000s favorite with the end of the movie opening the movie not the full end but you know we get a a disheveled looking uh, Kelso running through the hall as Diesel always points out in his most Kelso-esque run And uh, he's at, he, so. obviously we can tell he's in a psychiatric ward because, yep. you know, he's got the, the, the people chasing him and he breaks into an office and he climbs under a desk and then we start the movie. <laughs> like, it's kind of like it was. It was that weird early, late 90s, early 2000s thing of, I mean, they still do that in movies, yeah. but it was like overused in that generation. So next up, uh, basically we get a run through of his life, which is pretty pretty cool the way that they do it to get out of the way to give you backstory. And the one thing we learn right up front is that there's certain times in the life where he has blackouts. So as a child growing up, he would have blackouts randomly. So that's kind of how they tie everything together. And oh boy, did this kid have a life. So <laughs> Troubled he was. Oh, very <laughs> troubled. So firstly, we find out that Kaylee and Tommy's dad, Mr. Miller, uh, is... Um, 
he's a uh, guy that might be into a little bit of creepy. And later on, we find out and get it confirmed it's child porn. Yep. Uh, but uh, at the time, we're not quite sure. We just feel uneasy about ourselves. And of course, Kaylee and Evan are going to be the stars of this film. Uh, but uh, then we get a blackout. Next thing you know, we end up going to uh, the fact that uh, Tommy, the little badass, uh, just beats the shit out of a grown man at a movie theater, which I don't get. Like, I think that that was only there to assert the dominance of why these young kids were listening to his his dumb ass. But at the same point in juncture, I don't understand why a grown man just didn't pick that kid up and just drop him on his head. <laughs> Grant, the, they were supposed to be around 13 at that age when these parts of the movies were going on. The, the actor, who did a great job, seriously looked like he was about seven and just like one shot and motherfucker. It's like <laughs> just kicking him while he's down, like beating the <laughs> shit out of that. So now we have another blackout. Then we get another scene where uh, they put a pipe bomb in a mailbox and uh, they're just good they're just to blow it up. But unfortunately, a young, uh, well, I shouldn't say, well, yeah, she was young. A young mother came home with a baby to get the mail and the pipe bomb goes off. And before we know what really happens, we get a blackout. Yeah. That leads us to the last blackout, if you will, is uh, it looks like they're tired of Tommy's shit, but Tommy has now kidnapped the dog and uh, proceeds to uh, put the dog in a bag with some lighter fluid, and before we find out what happens, blackout. Blackout. And that's going to bring us to present day for our lead character, Evan, who is in college. He's got in college. He's got his roommate Thumper, who is a goth dude who <laughs> is who is slaying <laughs> every so, scene seven with Thumper. Years later. He has got a piece of tail with him. Either he's fucking or he's prelude to fucking. Thumper gets ass. Thumper, Thumper is swimming in it. He's swimming in it. As a matter of fact, there's a reference to the smell of the room. Yeah, the, the girl that he brings home, Evan brings home, is like, man, it smells like sex in here. Yeah, Thumper had a busy day today. She's like, what? But really? he's so large. But he's so large. Oh, he gets it. Yeah. But, uh, you know, we get a little scene where, you know, we, we find after the girl leaves, uh, you know, you know, Evan jumps on Thumper. You find out that they're pretty good friends. And then they go to a bar where these these uh, preppy fraternity guys are making fun of Thumper. And that's a great scene where he just smashes that. Uh, Let me take cue. the shot. <laughs> he, he asked to take the shot while they're facing the, the guys that have been like trying to harass him, get under his skin all day and just launches the ball right into the pitcher of the beer. They get up ready to fight, and he just snaps a pull cue on the table. And is like, come on, motherfucker. <laughs> and, and so you get an, an idea of what's going on in this world. And then it kind of gets a little weird, because as you pointed out, Ron, uh, through and through, I mean, we get a scene where, where Evan goes to visit Lenny, and we kind of have an idea of what happened, and it gets confirmed in this scene with Lenny, because Lenny is kind of a shut-in, and, and his only friend still is Evan, and he goes and visits, and Lenny's just building models. That's what Lenny does, because he's never gotten over what happened. And it's in this scene where we do find out that the young, the young mother and child were, were killed during the pipe bomb incident. So basically, that is fucked up Lenny forever. And then what happened to the dog in the bag? Uh, and also, at one point in juncture, he... Uh, he pins up Evan against the wall and repeats what Tommy had told him about slitting his mother's throat. Yeah. And it was, it's a very like, this is the first time in the movie. And yeah, you see some weird shit when they're kids, but it always blacks out before the end. You know, it's, it's troubling, but you, it blacks out before the end. This is the first time where you really get the dark feeling of the movie. Am I wrong with that diesel? Yeah. You, you get grasp the seriousness of it. And like the stuff that happens during the blackouts were some heinous shit that his mind probably blacked out to protect him. So around this time, we find out that what did uh, what what did Evan do 
to kind of get around because he knew he was having these blackouts and he does have we find out that at this point he had a history of mental illness with his father which we'll find more about later but what did what did he do what did the doctors tell him to do when he was younger when this was happening uh, the doctors told his mother to have him start doing journals so you know have him write out what's going on so he knows what's going on and when the blackout happens you can kind of piece things together <laughs> and all that stuff and he, so he's been writing journals his whole life. The reason why they went out to the bar is because he's like, it's been seven years since a blackout. Yeah. So he's like very excited. So like it, it shows that as he's gotten older, the blackouts have ceased. Right. So so now what ends up happening is he he's sitting in a room with this this nice girl. And uh, <laughs> she's very nice. She's very nice. She's a college girl. She's never been nice. Very <laughs> nice. And uh, she's basically they're kind of going over this like, you know, she showed her some of the journals like this. Is, oh, what are these? These are journals that I wrote whenever. And she was like talking to him about some philosophy about focusing on time, yada, yada, yada. And as he does, he go realizes that he went back in time. Yeah. Like he realizes that he didn't just remember something. He literally physically he left his body and went back in time. And nothing changes. Nothing happens. It just kind of like fills you in on a little, you know, something. But this is what sets this off. And he starts thinking about Lenny. And then he starts thinking about Kaylee, who he hadn't thought about in a while. But Kaylee, he was always in love with her, even when they were children. And he's like, well, I need to go find her. I haven't talked to her in a while. So he goes back to their old hometown, and he finds her. And she's a waitress at a uh, diner. And, you know, he's very excited to talk to her and happy. And she's not as happy to see him. And why is that, Diesel? Well, so... He's trying to piece together some of the blackout moments and the one that we talked about earlier with the father making the home videos. He asks her about that. He's like, hey, what happened there? I'm starting to piece it together. And she tells him to stop. Fuck off. You don't get to come here after so many years after you said you were going to come back for me and never did and bring up my my bullshit. Yeah. And then we find out what happens with her, Ron. Uh, she goes and kills herself. Yeah, her, her Tommy, the brother, caught, leaves a message for Evan saying, "You know, she called me crying for an hour, and then she killed herself, and it's your fucking fault, and you're next. You're, I'm gonna, you're dead." Yeah. <laughs> so you know, he ends up going to the funeral, and he throws a bouquet of flowers into the casket, what as nobody it? does ever in real life, but whatever. And what's the note say, it's Ron? A, it's a note that he wrote in the car, leaving. I will come back for you. Yeah. So, and now what he does, he goes back and he goes to the journals and he goes to the entry uh, of the day where in question with the, 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 the cameras and he goes back in time. And uh, this is, this is one of the more badass back in time because as a, he is now in the body of young him. So 13 year old, you know, college age Evan is in seven year old Evan's body, I yeah. should say, actually, because it's yeah, like yeah. seven year old Evan yeah. at this point. So college age Evan is seven year old Evan's body, and uh, Mr. Miller goes to make his video, and of course it's a smut film, and, and Evan's like, I don't think so. And I, I always, in mind you, this is a serious scene, but there's, oh, there's the, the great line is when he just looks over at Kaylee and goes, "Cover your yeah. ears." She covers her ears, and he's like, "Oh, it's time to, it's time to play," and he goes. Listen here, fuckbag. It ain't time to do anything. You're a scumbag and you're touching your kids and that's wrong. And literally talks this guy out of being a pedophile. Yeah, he's like, you have two two roads down here. One where you play the good father or one where you play somebody who's going to terrorize your kids until eventually your daughter commits suicide. This is your your ch- turning point right now. And he also mentions that Tommy is a nightmare. Tommy yeah. is a sick fuck and you need to discipline him. Yeah, you need, <laughs> you need to start disciplining him. So basically what ends up happening is... After that's done, he comes out of a body and he wakes up. And Ron, where does he wake up at? You know, in a sorority. <laughs> right. right. In, in a bed next to Kaylee, 
when he didn't, when he's like trying to figure it all out. Like, wait, a minute. Kaylee's alive, okay. and I'm in bed with her, and here we are, and she wants a quickie before class. And so, you know, they're, they're, they're having a lot of fun. And we find out that he's in a fraternity. And everything has gone differently. Now, you know, because of what happened with her father, she, you know, her father ended up fixing himself. He ended up beating the shit out of Tommy, which necessarily wasn't a good thing because some things happen and Tommy ends up in prison still. And on to, but other than that, Kaylee's going on to have a good life. Never touched her like that. They're together. They're happy, you know. And you know everything is everything is good, you know, with the exception that Thumper now does not like him because Evan was one of the asshole fraternity people who was picking on Thumper, yeah. even though Evan doesn't know that, so he goes to talk to Thumper and yeah, he gets <laughs> threatened to get his face smashed. Fucking <laughs> uh, Thumper's kind of scary in this movie, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. So now what ends up happening is we find out that Tommy's getting out of prison, and he's coming for Evan. And what ends up happening is after this beautiful date night between Kaylee and, and, and Evan, they go back to the house and there's Tommy. And Tommy tries to take Evan out and uh, Evan ends up beating his ass and then whacking him in the head with a uh, metal baseball bat or pipe. I, yeah, couldn't, I, I couldn't tell I, which I, one it was. It was, it was, it was metal. Yeah. And uh, yeah, needless to say, he kills him. Yeah, he brained him and... I think it was one of those... Uh, parking like yeah in, in the, like it, the mall or in the yeah. bank like the, the the ropes yeah it was it was something metal yeah. it was it was metal but yeah he brained him and tommy is no more kaylee comes running back just in time to see you know her boyfriend leaning over her dead brother and so she obviously does not take that well yeah and then he ends up going to prison <laughs> So now his happy world has come crashing down. So in prison, of course, he needs protection because, you know, uh, he's uh, his, his butt's on the line. Literally. <laughs> literally. So he goes to his roommate. Sorry, can, Diesel. Can I say the quote? Okay, go ahead. <laughs> You're in. Shit on my dick or blood on my knife. Your choice. Yeah, you got two choices. Yeah. I, I mean, that that says it all. I, don't, I think the options are clear. Yep, yep. So he is definitely fresh fish at this prison and... The Brotherhood, as they call him, made him a target immediately. Yeah, the Nazis are after him. So uh, he has a he has a, a Latino uh, roommate or cellmate. I should say. I said roommate, like they're there by choice. <laughs> uh, cellmate, and he notices he's religious, and he points out, "You're a very religious man. I need your help. I need your protection." He's like, "Nah, I'm not interested." He was like, "What if I told you that you know I'm chosen by God?" Like it's a weird <laughs> fucking lie, but it works. He's like, "Okay, how are you going to prove that?" Well, hold me. And, and you're going to see that, watch my hands, because you're going to see something happen. So he takes himself back to a day in, like, and I, we don't, this is the only time this randomly happens. So, no, they actually allude to it in the beginning. Um, when uh, his teacher shows the mom the picture that he drew. Oh, yeah, yeah. So we don't actually see the blackout, but we knew a blackout happened because she's like, I got to take this as a principal, but I wanted to show you first. It's a picture of um, Evan standing over two bodies with a knife in his hand. They're like, we're kind of disturbed by this. Well, because she wanted to add, she asked, she wanted the kids to paint, the draw a picture of what they wanted it to be when yeah. they got older. And he drew that. Yeah. But, and when his mom asked him about it, she, he goes, I don't remember. So we know that there was a blackout. It's just a blackout we haven't seen. Right. So he goes back to that moment. And uh, what does he do, Ron? Uh, he, he's finishing up the picture. And then he goes over to the the the, t the t desk of the teacher and tells the teacher, "Hey, guess what?" And slams his hand down on the point, the point like the paper holders that are just yeah. metal where you slap paper yeah. down onto it. Yeah, yeah. Like you see at like restaurants yeah. to like take the used yeah. checks and, and just slams his hands down on it. And then he comes back to that moment and he's got stigmata out of yeah. nowhere. Uh, I just want to point out 
that this is the one time in the movie the logic goes away because any other time things change everything changes this time this motherfucker does this and he's still in the same situation he was yeah so we found out earlier that like when they were setting up for the uh, putting the bomb into the mailbox he dropped a cigarette on him and got a physical scar on him so we know that what he does back then will yeah. affect him and we learned through the doctors that like his brain's got all these like damage to it because it's like essentially as he put it he got 40 years worth of memories jumped into his brain yeah. in the span of a year so everything that he does memories are formed and will go into his brain and stuff like that and this one as he slams it down and you know his cellmate sees a stigmata well he would have had the stigmata the entire time he knew him at that right yeah, <laughs> yeah. so anyways that's how it convinces him but the the nazis have his journals and he needs them back so he goes and acts like he's gonna blow a nazi and stabs that motherfucker in the dick. And yeah. well, technically, it's his stomach, but they, they, they meant the dick. Let's be honest. <laughs> and then the cellmate runs in, docks the other guy, and then holds the cell door shut so he can do his next jump. <laughs> so he jumps back in time, and he jumps back now to uh, the incident with the dog in the bag. Yes. Because, you know, we find out that in this version of it, he tries to stop Tommy. Tommy, uh, he tells them what's going to happen. He says, this is what's going to happen. You know, we didn't see it before, but he's going to light this fucking dog on fire. Yeah. Yeah. And how we're going to stop him is, is here, Lenny, you take this, this piece of, <laughs> you take this piece of fucking shard of whatever. Yeah. And to cut and, the bag open. Yeah. To cut, cut the, the bag open. I'm going to take out Tommy. You cut the bag open, let the dog out. And we're going to be, you know, whatever. So they confront and it goes fucking south real quick because fucking Kaylee ends up getting smacked in the face with the board, which splits her face open, leaving a scar. And the next thing you know. You know, we have Evan Evan the Great again, for some reason, talking down a psychopath. And just when he talks him down and gets him to understand, uh, what what happens, Ron? Uh, he gets... Uh, the other Le- kid. Le- Le- Lenny has Lenny, the shard, the, uh, and he, he fucking st- stabs him. Yeah. <laughs> and he, he basically is like, yeah, I ended that shit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so basically, the bullying from Tommy to Lenny was too much. And finally, fucking, uh, he saw his open, and Lenny just took out Tommy, yeah. which he didn't have to do. So now we jump to the future, and this is where we really actually get the what's going on with his brain. We get the fact yeah. that hey, there's something going on because they don't know he's jumping in time. Obviously, he's not telling him. He's like, but there's this thing going on with his head, and it's like it's it's growing and lighting up, and this isn't good. Like this could eventually kill him. So whatever you're doing, you need to stop fucking doing. So uh, now what ends up happening is he goes to see uh, Lenny first. And when he goes to see Lenny, Lenny is locked up where, Diesel? He's in the insane asylum, and he is bound to the bed, and he's pretty out of it until Evan tries to leave, and he says, you knew something big was going to happen that day. You knew I was going to do what I did. And he's like, you're the one who should be in here, not me. Yeah, so you feel really bad for Lenny because... You know, you're like, wow, it is kind of his fault. You know, Lenny doesn't know that he jumped time and shit, but Lenny knows something. Lenny knows that he was handed that fucking shiv for a reason. So then he goes and finds Kaylee. And uh, Ron, uh, what is Kaylee like in this uh, version of the future? The drug addiction. We, we get the flashbacks of her like running away yeah. as the memories flood in. But yeah. yes. Yeah. She ends up being the drug addicted, you know. Prostitute. 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 She's yeah. a prostitute. Yeah, fifty dollar whore. You know, yeah. house tricks. Sorry, occupational joke. Yeah, 
Yeah. And so basically she's very like whatever. And he's like telling her that, you know, in his time, he's trying to convince her that he can travel through time. And there was a time where they were happy together. And she's basically like, go fuck yourself. You're talking about I was an authority. Fuck no. And I think, what? Does this make other, does this make women wet or something? Because this is all bullshit. (laughs) Do the other women you tell, does this make them wet? (laughs) So now he's like, well, this is the first time that he's kind of selfless in the whole thing. He's like, well, these people all got fucked up and fucked over. I, I should do something different here. So this time when he goes back, uh, they end up going back to the time where the incident happened with the young lady and her child. And the pipe bomb goes in, and Evan runs over there to save him. And before Evan even gets to the mailbox, Tommy tackles. <laughs> By the way, I love how he's the hero in this, but Tommy tackles the mother who has the child in her hands down and goes, no, there's a pipe bomb in there. As Evan goes to the thing, and it explodes. Not only does he tackle her, he goes, I'll save you, lady. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Which right before he goes, fuck. And then, then goes to be the hero. <laughs> so, anyways, we get the flashbacks. So every time, I, we should have mentioned that, every time there's like a flashback where you get a little glimpse of what's happened in the timeline. And in this timeline, we don't get much of Evan. We get kind of like everybody's happy yeah. and, and you get to see that Tommy's well adjusted in the little flash. And then Evan wakes up and he's like, at first he's like, all right, I'm just on the other side of the room. Because he's like, he's on the other side of the room that he was yeah. in, in the beginning. Yeah. And he's like looking and he's like, okay, this is fine. And then he realizes well, sorry. two things. He 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 realizes he hears the sultry sounds of his roommate, who he thinks is Slumper, having sweet sweet intercourse. <laughs> and then tells him, "I told you guys to leave." And then he realizes, "Oh shit, I got no arms. <laughs> I got no arms." And he also has no legs. He's got nothing. Yeah. He's, he's working. He's working he with a torso. No, he has legs. Does he still have? Yeah, because he's, he's hanging over the side. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Well, they don't work. He's yeah. in a wheelchair. Yeah. Like, he, uh, so yes, he does have, but he doesn't. They don't no. work. But he, he might as well. Just at least one. Himself. He has at least one. So yeah. every time he jumps to and something significant happens, he gets a really bad nosebleed. And at this point, his his new roommate, uh, Lenny, and his female friend Kaylee, jump over and start to take care of the blood. So basically what happens is the best, they are super friends united and basically they've gone and done everything together. So Lenny and Kaylee and Tommy take care of Evan. Uh, Tommy has become super religious (laughs) and super good guy. And, (laughs) and then Lenny and Kaylee are happy together and, and, and of course, Evan is fucking miserable. I mean, at one point, he throws himself out of his chair like a little bitch. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like there's a lot of like these weird things that happen. And so this world, everybody is happy except for Evan. And uh, he then goes and visits his mom. And we find out his mom's got lung cancer because she started smoking a lot of cigarettes because of what happened to her son. And that's given her cancer. So she's not got long to live either. And on top of this, he's he's in this situation. So at one point, he decides he's going to kill himself in a bathtub. (laughs) I still don't understand how he started the bathtub. With his hands. Oh, yeah. They use his little... It it wasn't the dial type of uh, faucet. It was like the hotel style Yeah, yeah, and he used his nubs. It showed him using his nubs. I know, but it's still still not that believable. I'm sorry. (laughs) Well, the the greatest line is when Tommy comes running in to get him up. He goes, huh, you forgot the toaster on the side of the top. (laughs) But Lenny likes his (laughs) Pop-Tarts. But it was funny because you know in that in this world Tommy's such a nice guy that like like he because he pulls him up he's kissing his forehead and yeah. he's telling him it's going to be all right and he does make a couple jokes just to try to like make the room light but it is kind of funny that like Tommy the asshole kid is the good guy in yeah. this so now Evans like 
I, I got to go. No, this is my problem with the movie. I mean, we'll get into more in dislike. Well, actually, we'll just save it for dislikes. So anyways, we get into the point where he's like, I got to go back. I got to save my mom. To this point, we keep hearing the term, I got to save her. And it usually means Kaylee. Yeah. But finally, the her means his mom. Because his mom is all fucked up. She's going to die. And so this time, he makes a jump again. <laughs> Diesel, what happens this time? So we also find out early in the movie that his father also had the same, oh, he had some mental issues. Right. And in a, in the earlier exposition of the first act, we see him finally meeting his dad in the mental institution, and he blacks out and wakes up to his father trying to choke him and kill him. That's correct. So this time, he makes the jump, and it's back to when he fi- finally met his dad, and he's like, listen here, I need answers fast. I'm jumping back through time trying to fix stuff, and the father's just like, this curse was supposed to end with me. And he's like, you can't fix anything. Everything you do is going to have an effect in the future. You cannot fix anything. Yeah. And if you keep trying, it's going to keep messing it up. The only thing that would fix anything is if you were gone. Yeah. Like, you know, he's, if I was gone, sorry. He says it about yeah. himself that dad does. And then that's when he attacks him. So when he goes back to real time, he decides to jump back to that moment again. It, it, the, the porn shoot, if you will. Yeah. And this time he's like, well, we'll kill all the birds with one stone. I'll threaten the fucking father. I'll get rid of the, the, the pipe bomb. dynamite. dynamite yeah, it was yeah. a dynamite. Yes, yeah. it was. Sorry, it wasn't a pipe bomb. You're yeah. right. And, and so, so he runs over. He starts, oh, I got to get my belt. And runs over and goes, okay, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Finds it. Lights it. So the dad's now freaking out. And they wrestle over this thing. And it rolls towards Kaylee. And of course, she picks it up. because She's, <laughs> she's, she's just like, not, sparkler. Because <laughs> she's not the brightest tube. And, and, and she's not the smartest the light bulb. <laughs> or the brightest bulb. In the thing. And of course, what happens, Diesel? She goes, boom, goes the dynamite. And Evan wakes up, and he is strapped to an institutional bed. <laughs> yeah, so after killing Kaylee on accident, he goes to a in- mental institution. And in this mental institution, they're not playing, because he's, he's spouting, obviously, he's spouting off even before he gets there about the fact that he can jump through time, and the fact that, you know, oh, I, I can fix it, and yada, yada. So they've taken his journals away from him. And they're treating him like his father, because obviously, as we just found out, his father has the same exact thing. Yep. So now it's kind of like, fuck. I'm, I'm, you know, I can't do anything. And I, you know, as they get towards it, it's like, I can't be here. Kaylee's dead. The whole reason for doing it. My mom is, everything is ruined. This is like the nightmare scenario, right? This is the nightmare. And now they won't give me my journals and we're into the final. So basically what we end up getting is that after some thinking about it, cause they won't give the journals back. He says to his mom, Hey, I really would like the, the home movies to remind me of a time when, you know, when yeah. everything was happy. And his mom goes, "Okay, honey, I'll, I'll bring I'll bring them to you." Nobody's thinking they're like this motherfucker's gonna whatever. So after he gets them, he breaks in to he breaks out of his room, I yeah. should say, and that's what we saw in the beginning. Him running through the halls, he smashes a window, he gets under a desk, he gets the projector going, and as they go to enter the room, he jumps in time because on the screen, because now we're do- this is the difference, by the way. Now we're going into theatrical ending. On the screen is a birthday party from when he was a kid. So he now transports back to that birthday party, and that's where he met Kaylee. And in this in this world, he feels like the best way to go is total sacrifice. What his father said was right. So he goes up to Kaylee when they get introduced, and basically says, "Don't ever, don't ever come near me, or I'll kill your family." Yeah, that's that's real, which is essentially true. <laughs> so so basically, she goes running off crying, and then that decision makes it so she goes and lives with her mother so none of that bad stuff yeah, happens tommy ends up being well adjusted because they both go live with the mother they've never yeah, been yeah. abused 
Because there was a, in one of the jumps, she looked at him and said, the reason why I'm still here instead of going to live with my mother is because I actually loved you. Yeah. yeah. And I always loved you. And I always cared about you. And I wanted to be with you. So that's what he had thought. Like, the only way to do this is to burn this bridge. Yep. So now Evan wakes up and he's back in the dorm room. And in the dorm room, once again, is he's now rooming again with Lenny. And the first thing he says to Lenny is, Lenny, where's Kaylee? And Lenny goes, who are you talking about? Yeah. And so, therefore, he goes, I succeeded. He's like, hey, I need you to help me with something. So he goes and burns all of his diaries. He burns all of the film. He burns everything in a bin. And then we fast forward. Eight years. Eight years. And he's, you know, it shows in his little jump thing. Because, I mean, it's not, he didn't jump. But it was. it shows it like that. He's now found somebody in college. He got married. It shows that Kaylee got married. It shows that Lenny's gone on and Tommy's gone on. Everybody's good. And he's walking down the street, I'm assuming from work or whatever. And as he's walking by, he passes by Kaylee. And there's two different versions of this movie that were shown in the theater of this scene. It's the same setup, but there's two different versions in the theatrical release. There's one where when they walk by each other, as they walk by, Kaylee turns around and looks like, is that somebody I know? Like, kind of like that. And then kind of shakes it off and continues to walk. And then after she turns away, Evan looks back. And then they walk. There's another version where they just walk by each other and neither of them ever look, which I always had a problem with that version because he remembers everything. Yeah. So he would know who she yeah. was because he had seen her in the future. Yeah. But he also knows that the smallest change could have devastating effects. So if he like stops and like talks to her and all of a sudden well, no, no, not she's going to have a bad future. <laughs> but not even talk to her. Just yeah. at least give the look back like, yeah. oh, man, she's doing good. And yeah. that, he makes yeah. you feel good and he walks away because of his love. Because he did all this out of love, right? So you would think he would never forget that even if he moved on, oh. right? So that is the theatrical cut. That's the so, happy ending. Did you watch that version? Yeah. That's okay, it. so that's the version they watched. <laughs> so the, the director's cut has a way different version. It's the original version of this movie. And, it, and, it, and there's a couple other scenes in it, but it's not really that robust. It's the, that much of a difference. But the last scene. So he the, the, the film comes. He takes the film. He does the same thing. So, But when he gets under the desk and he shows the film on the wall, instead of it being the picture of the birthday party it's a home video of when his mother was in labor for him he warps back to his self in the uterus for in the womb he's a fe- he's a fetus in the womb and he, per- he proceeds to strangle himself with his umbilical cord and like they show like the the the, the sonogram of the umbilical cord going around and yanking back and they're like the baby looks like he's doing it to himself and and we find out that he died in the womb yeah. That he was, you know, not miscarried, but he strangled in the yeah. womb by the umbilical cord. And earlier in the movie, we found out that his mom had, was pregnant two times before him, but they were uh, stillborns, and that's why she always considered him his her miracle baby. The funny part is, I think that's probably the version I watched originally. Yeah, yeah probably because that made that sounds so familiar. Yeah. Yeah, so you so, can see why they changed off because the studio, when they first got the movie with that ending, went nin nin nin. Because the, the story of that ending is they had to go back and reshoot the actual ending because they were like, studio was like, absolutely not. I don't even know if they test screened that. No. They, they, they were just like, no. Studio like, was like, you're we not, we're not going to have, have a baby killing them. Baby <laughs> strangle themselves in the womb with a fucking umbilical cord. It's not happening today. So they went back and shot the, the scene that became the theatrical version. But then. 
Eventually, when the director's cut of the movie came out, you know, we got the original ending, and that was actually the draw of the director's cut to get yeah. the original ending. And yeah, that's a it's a fucking powerful ending, I'll tell you, because it's not like it's it's not done it's not like done you know what's the word I'm looking for it's not done classy even like you watch a baby strangle itself with an umbilical <laughs> cord through through the sonogram, yeah. uh, and then after the after he dies and the, his mom is sitting there like crying holding her stomach because the baby is now not in there but dead. Uh, we get the flash and it shows Kaylee being happy and being married and Lenny being happy and living on and Tommy being, you know, not being arrested and actually being a good kid and yada, yada, yada and everybody without him. So it's kind of like the opposite. It's kind of like the opposite of a uh, wonderful life. Yeah. <laughs> like everybody is better off with him fucking gone. Uh, so I understand why the theatrical version is a little more, you know, it's a, it's already a bleak and nihilistic movie. So yeah. I understand why they were like, Hey, we can't have it end. With fetus, you know, uh, suicide, if you will. Yeah. So I, I, I mean, good change. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a powerful fucking finish, though. I, I will agree. I, I'm not offended by the the actual director's cut ending, but I can see why the studio was like, <laughs> "This movie's already bleak and nihilistic. Can we get at least a somewhat happy ending? Yeah. Like, we can know that he knows that, like, fuck, man, I still love that person, but I, I to to save that person, I had to move on." And that's sad in a little bit, but at least it's happy because she's moved on and gotten married and is happy and he's gone on and been happy and everybody's good. And the fetus death. <laughs> so my problem with that whole thing, though, is the whole monkey's paw thing of every scenario, the butterfly effect, small change. What if Kelly and Tommy and Lenny all had worse lives? Because it's a crapshoot at that point. Now you can't fix it. Now you're stuck. <laughs> yeah. But once again, it's a movie. You know what I mean, it's well, it's going to be what it is. Well, the funny part, like the one thing that I did that was the hail mary because I think as he explains it in the movie, that was his last jump either way. Yeah. Because it was going to the point where his brain was going to be yeah. Swiss cheese yeah. and he was well, going to be done. Well, yeah, because it's all because the same thing happened with this. when they first gave him the scan. There was nothing wrong. Yeah. And then, yeah. And then later on, it, there was when they went back to the scan when at the same time, it was like, oh, he's got the same things as his father. And he's just <laughs> fucking around in the wheelchair, but like, yeah, I got 40 years of new memories in my brain. That's what it looks like. Yeah. You know, that's, you know, 40 years worth of memories added to my brain. So that's why it's all scarred to hell. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. It is. It's a crazy movie. So now let's go to likes and dislikes, gentlemen. We'll start with you, Ron. What are some likes for the butterfly effect? Uh, I like I said I haven't watched this since it came out on DVD back in the day, and I probably watched the director's cut. Now that you said it, because that ending sounds way more. Oh, familiar. you don't forget that ending. <laughs> but before we even came upstairs, when you were telling me the theatrical one, I was like, "All right, now I do remember it because I can actually picture them walking in the busy yeah. street." So yeah, I watched the completely director's cut because when I found it online, they don't tell you which version. Yeah, yeah. yeah so. Last night, I, I last night when I watched the peek behind the curtain, I'd watched the director's yeah. cut. Uh, I knew what I was getting. I already knew the ending for the theatrical. I just wanted to watch the yeah. director's cut. Well, I, I got it on Amazon. It was three ninety nine to rent. Oh yeah, four ninety nine to buy. So I bought it. So I had, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, for a dollar more, I have no. no I have choice. a Blu ray, so let's yeah. go. I might, I might have had it in my collection somewhere at some point in time, but it probably got stolen at some point. Um, overall, like, I wasn't upset that I saw this movie. Wasn't upset to sit there and watch through it as I haven't watched it in a while. So it was that, uh, you know, time travel movies are always a little hit or miss depending what kind of time travel you're talking about and doing. I.e., Terminator sucks people, and <laughs> so you know it, it was one of those things where I, I actually enjoyed through most of it because it, it it does tell you you know it does the cliche start. Uh, Oh, he's running through the hospital. Then all of a sudden, you go to when he's a kid, and then it's just like, okay, like we said, I did like the fact that it was like, okay, he's having blackouts, boom, 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 and then all of a sudden it was like, okay, 
fit, fitting in the pieces of the black house. Okay, yeah. this is where this fits. This is where, this, and it, it, the concept was there, and it, I enjoyed that part of it. And it, the story is kind of a riffle shuffle of bad on bad to get to good. So it's like eh, that's you know. So this is this was entertaining, yeah, yeah. but. Diesel likes for butterfly effects. All right, just to add on to that, like I really like the editing. I thought they did a good job of showing the backstory, showing the blackouts, mentioning the blackouts. So for the off-screen ones, we know that they happened, and then each of them was a a nexus point of the time travel. And I thought that was ingenious. And I thought the editing of that story was very yeah. good of how they you know tell a linear story and then use those to jump to set up a different story to set up to another jump point to set up to another story. And the continuity of it all was great. Um, I love the cast. I thought, you know, like, as much as I hated the Kelso run, I thought Aston Kutcher was great. The The rest of the cast, I always love Eldon Henson. Yeah. Ethan Suppley. Eric Stoltz played a great creep. And then when we see him in, like, the present day, he's all scruffy and lo- looking haggard. I thought they did a really good job with that. I thought they had a very interesting premise, and I thought they told a decent story with that. I agree with you guys on that. The continuity was one of the things that's kind of crazy in this movie because if you think about it, and this has got to be a big, like, there's very few plot holes that they don't fill. Yeah. Like, it's kind of weird. There's a couple. Obviously, yeah. we pointed out when, when you know, he doesn't, doesn't change the future when he does the stigmata thing. That is weird, and that's a plot hole. But outside of that, a lot of them, they, they kind of pick it back up from where we were in the story when they go back in time. So I always thought that was good. I do like the story. The premise is good. I think for a monkey paw... Uh, back in time kind of time travel mill movie. They kind of nailed it more than mo- a lot of people yeah. did. Uh, there's very few movies that did it better. I, I didn't pick it for my list because that would have been too on the nose. But it is up there. It is, yeah. It's a very... It's it. They do a good enough job, especially with continuity and stuff. And I dug the story. Uh, shot wonderfully. I mean, you could tell that the cinematographer who did it was great and we saw his all his, his resume. You can tell that because the movie is shot beautifully and it, it, it is dark and it's supposed to be dark, and they get that idea. And I mean, the only time we ever see anything bright in that movie is in that one alternate universe, the first alternate universe where they're happy. And then they're wearing bright clothing, and they're wearing you know bright, loud colors. And then after that, you never see it again. Yeah. You don't see it before, and you don't see it after. And as it gets deeper and deeper, you it notice that Evan gets darker and darker, and the background gets darker and darker and grimier and grimier because it's just like you're in the mouth of madness. So I've always appreciated that. So that's most of my likes, and I did. I I didn't have as much problem. Ashton Kutcher was hit and miss in this movie. There were some times where you're like, "Man, he's an acting genius," yeah. and there's other times where you're like, "Hey, we could have gotten somebody better." Like there, there's the scene where they're they're exchanging when uh, drug addicted prostitute. Uh, Kaylee is talking to Evan and when she's giving him the business and really going in about coming in and telling her about her happy life or even she goes over the top in the first one when it's her at the diner in the the original timeline we'll call it the OG timeline and this one she doesn't go over the top even though she's a a drug addicted prostitute she's pretty much on the nose and is making fun of it and is like oh you know even the line about you know oh sorority hate that I'd never be in one you know so it's kind of like one of those things where you're just like oh shit you know what I mean so you, you end up with that, and I thought that was very good, and, and the way he's acting toward that is really good as well. Let's go to dislikes. I'll start off, because I kind of went there. Uh, obviously, we talked about, and I don't have to go any further because we talked about it during the, the the actual review, talking about the stigmata scene. It just doesn't. That's the one plot hole in the damn movie. Like, why does that make any sense? You, you have a set of rules, and you've stuck to the set of rules, except for this one time. 
And in this one time, we don't stick to the rules at all. Yeah. So that's just uh, that that was kind of a big one. My other major one, and I mentioned briefly, is this movie is framed around saving her. And the more you watch the movie, it's just selfishness on the hero of the <laughs> movie. Evan is supposed to be the hero of the movie, and it's supposed to be like a selfless act. If you even go back and watch the trailers for this movie, it's very much, if you take it all away, was one of the theme songs that they used in the trailer. And and it's, it's oh, how far would you go to save your love? Because they threw you off on how dark this fucking movie was, according to the trailer. Right? And then when you're watching the movie, you keep getting this, it's a love story message. It's not. It's It's literally about the selfishness of him, because even when everybody had it good... He, that wasn't good enough for him because yeah. he didn't have it good. Yeah. You know, there was no reason for him to go back. And you could blanket it with his mom being sick, but fuck that. That, that felt shoehorned in just that, to make it, uh, give a reason to be like, justify him yeah, wanting to jump. That's that's what it was because he wasn't happy. Because think about it, he tried to commit suicide. That's that's part of that part of the movie is, is so he was not happy because he wasn't in the good position. Yeah. Everybody else was. And he, that was the, really the timeline. If you were a real friend, you would have left your friends in. Yeah. You know what I mean? Instead of going back again. And, and and so it just gets real selfish. And even towards the end, it's all real selfish. No matter which ending you go, it, at the end of the day, it's all about him in his his world instead of somebody else's. And I've always, it's not that it makes me hate the movie, but that's always like one of those things. And then there's like kind of some minor stuff. Yeah. You know, I would have done some things different as we always talk about. So you have to mark those off. But yeah, that's my big major one, Diesel, your dislikes. Yeah. So you also have to like frame it in like the, the standards of a time travel movie of what theoretical physicists would say would happen if you did travel back in time and like the Marvel show Loki, the multiversal stuff. So like I had to keep taking out of my mind that, all right, this is actual time travel where you go back, you make changes. There's only one timeline. It's not a branching of a timeline. So I had to keep mentally factoring that into it to keep the story going because in all senses of time travel, each one of these would be a different branch of timelines, yeah. and the stories would continue after he makes his jumps. So it was kind of like, it was a weird take on time travel. It was a unique one, which is a positive, but also a negative because it doesn't translate to the norms of time travel for movies. Right. Yeah, that's why I don't think I, I that I mean that's cool that that was a dislike for you, but that's why it wasn't a dislike to me because I'm like, well, in their world, yeah. at least they stuck to the rules. Yeah. You know, what I mean? except for once. Yeah. That's the that's my only problem. Yeah. Except for once they did the normal time yeah. travel. Cuz the normal time travel movie would have been what, what happens in the jail cell technically. Yeah. This movie it that doesn't happen. Like this movie you have like they had the rules for everything else but that. That's why I think that's so egregious. That's a big mark off for me just because yeah. of that. A small casting dislike that I like di- didn't like was the 13-year-old Tommy just being like this absolute maniac badass, but he is he looked like a 7-year-old. And he is taking down grown adults. He is terrorizing his friends. He's got the badass leather jacket at 13, and you're just like, dude, I would pick this kid up and bang him <laughs> over my knee. <laughs> and the weird part about that is you're just like, it's how over the top do you really have to go? Yeah. And that it was. It was yeah. super over the top. So that was just like a weird choice, but those are like the minor takeaways that I have negative for this. Ron, any dislikes you would like to add? Well, like the whole concept of Kaylee and Tommy being twins, because like they have to be, because they're both the same age. Yeah, they never no, touched yeah, on that. They, they, like, it's just like at first you feel like Tommy and Evan are actually like at least a year older. Yeah, but no, no, it's like they're all the same age. Like they're all the same age, and I like that thing's kind of like takes you out. Like 
I didn't even notice that one, but yeah, yeah, yeah. now that you mentioned it, yeah, I'm like, like, oh yeah, like and, the, all, and all that damn incest. Yeah, so, <laughs> I so, wanted to be the star. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so I think that takes you. That, that's like a little thing that's minor. I get it. Uh, the, the other concept of I know they keep everything, you know, in their own box in this universe, but it's like every time he goes to his journals, like, like it's always it's always the right place that he needs to go to. Like not like the journal entry didn't change. That's a little yeah. Like, 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 yeah, you know, yeah. Like, like, Where on the flip side, if something that he did in the past would have changed the events of the future, those journal entries are no longer valid. So that's why he can't make that jump to that point. But even small changes would right. change the journal Entry, entries. Right, right. That's what I mean. Yeah. And like, not only that, and then you couldn't have made that the last jump. The last jump he makes before the final one in the with the video, but the last jump yeah. he makes out of the journals is a jump back to somewhere he already jumped to. Yeah. So. If he already had changed that, that yeah. that's a big that that yeah. is a hole. That is because a hole. the going back for the going back to the making of the video. Yeah, because he does that twice. Yeah, he does that twice. That yeah. that, so that it, that's another plot hole. So you got a couple in it. Just it's yeah. less than a lot of movies. And I wish they would have tapped more into the father stuff because that scene where he does we we show the blackout and he's adult in the younger body meeting his father. I think they could have done more with that instead of just being like, oh no, this had to die with you, and then just jumping yeah. across the table. I think. He should have gotten some more information. Although we also forgot to mention that the father gets killed in that scene yeah. by the, the by the orderly guy who whacks him upside the head with a slapjack yeah. for whatever reason that he had a slapjack yep. and he kills him right on the spot so his dad dies right in front of him. Yep. That, that, that's a fucking... Like, I, 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 I can see restraining or knocking out, but the, the death part made no sense. Yeah. I, I gotta say that. Yeah, because they already had him off the kid and like... Pulling him back, and then the, all of a sudden you get the you know the slapjack to the back of the head and just blood on the floor. That, that yeah. motherfucker's been wanting to hit him for a minute. <laughs> Give me a reason, bitch, and he gave him a reason. And then yeah. we get we find too like that it went beyond that generation too because he found his grandfather's death certificate earlier in the movie. Yeah, yeah. Where so I like the idea of this like family curse, but I kind of wanted more of that. Yeah, like yeah. to delve more into that. But that's something that you could do in sequels. I was gonna say. Which they failed on because they never went back to the story. However, if they do yeah. pull out that new one and it's a requel and not a remake, okay. ah, I'd be interested yeah. to see how they tie in the next generation. I'm just throwing it out there. And I do think the continuity of it was cool, too, where with the director uh, d- director's cut with how it ends, it calls back to his mom telling him that he was a miracle baby after she had two stillborns, which would lead you to believe that those other kids had the same thing happen to them. Possibly. Yeah. So I do kind of like that. But, uh, yeah. Anything else, Ron, before we move on? That's about it. All right. Well, now that we have talked about the movie and given you our full spoiler review, it is time to find out what the scores from around the internet are. And there's only one way we like to do that. Time to play the game. Time to play the game. That's right, it's time to play the game. These two gentlemen are going to guess the scores from around the internet. The, uh, for the closest to the number gets the point. First to three points wins. And, of course, if we have to do ties and such, we, we go as we go because we've changed it. There's no longer prices right rules. Now, also, on top of that, we've uh, started a new system. So, right now, Ron is your reigning leader, and he's up two to one. Uh, on the year, of course, at the end of the year, the champion will be crowned. So Ron has got a little advantage. Can he continue his streak, no. or will Diesel take it over? Are you gentlemen ready to play the game? Oh yeah! All right, let's start it right up with uh, IMDb and Diesel. Since you are the challenger this week, you get to go first. IMDb out of ten using points. What did they give the butterfly effect? Oh, IMDb is, I think, is going to be a little bit lower. Four point eight. 
Ron. All right. I, I was going to say 5.4. So I'm going to say 5 just to be a dick. <laughs> so you're going to say 5? So 4? In the original timeline, you did say 5.4. But that you went back in time to fix that. Well, let's find out who is right. And... Ron, you could have gone with 5.4. It's 7.6 out of 10. Oh, wow, wow. So you could have I, gone with 5.4. You I, still won. So Ron gets the point. That's really high. I guess I would never have went that high. Wow, okay. Nice. Ron, you get to go first here. This is Metacritic. Remember, this is just critic scores from around the internet all uh, put together. Out of 100%, what did they give the butterfly effect? See, given the time and Ashen being a part of this movie, I think it might be a little bit higher than we should think. Okay. So I'm going to say 62 62% diesel. Still in your last number. 54%. 54, 62, and diesel gets the point, and it was 30%. Oh, Ooh, wow. Wow, wow. That's a massive drop. Yeah. Critics <laughs> did not like this movie. Yeah, it was wrong. I, 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 All right, next up, diesel. Speaking of critics, you're tied one to one. It is the Rotten Tomatoes critic score. Out of 100%, diesel, what did they give the butterfly effect? You're going to win this one because I have no idea. I think it's going to be higher than Metacritic by a substantial part. 58%. 58%. Ron. 54. 54. <laughs> Everybody's going with 54, and uh, it pays off again. 34%. Wow. Critics did not like this movie. Wow. All right, Ron's up 2-1, and if he can get this right, he's going to win. Of course, this is the Rotten Tomatoes fan score. Out of 100%, Ron, what did they give the butterfly effect? 58. Diesel for the block. Even though they didn't show it, Thumper loved the 69. <laughs> so 58 for Ron, 69 for Diesel, and is that enough to save the game? It is 81%. Wow. 81%. So it comes down to the final score, and that, of course, is going to be letterboxed. So, uh, Diesel, you get to go first. It's out of five using points. What did they give the butterfly effect? Letterbox is more fan reviews? Yes. Okay. 3.9. He goes four. with... 3.9 and a 4. Wow. So it's going to be easy. If it's 4 or higher, it's Ron. 3.9 or lower, it's Diesel. So no matter what, folks, we do have a winner. The fans have been going good. So it's either. I probably fucked up. And your winner and new champion, Diesel. 3.4 out of 5. Okay. So okay. Still okay. solid good, score. Solid yeah, score. Yeah, yeah. Solid score, especially on uh, Letterboxd. And of course, uh, if you are 3FN Podcast on Letterboxd, we put the uh, the average of our scores. I put it up after we put the, the show up. So you can, it's the average of all three of us. So there you go. All right. Let's find out what that average is going to be because now that we've found the scores from around the internet, it is finally time for us to give our scores for the butterfly effect. Yeah. Well, you know, that's just like. Uh your opinion, man. And to bring everybody up to speed, of course, we uh, score these on a nerd score that's on a nerd scale. First of all, the nerd score is a recommendation score. We mix our critic score with entertainment score, and that's how we get the score. And of course, the uh, that means that a movie that might be critically bad, but if it was super entertaining, it can bring it up in points and vice versa. Of course, the nerd scale, though, only has five points on it. And here are the points. A one is no. That means this movie's terrible and you should never see it. A two is you've been warned. That means the movie's not quite terrible, 
but it ain't good. So you've been warned not to see it. A three is, ah, eh, it's good. These are average to good films. Uh, you don't have to run out and buy them or rent them. If But if it happens to be on and you catch it, you're probably going to be, you're not going to regret seeing it. But you're probably never going to watch it again. You're not going to add to your collection. You're not going to go out of your way to see it. A four is just take my money. And of course, the just take my money is uh, the good, very good to great films. These are movies that you could go see in the theater. If they get re-released, see it again, buy it on DVD, maybe even add it to your collection in your own. Rotation. Uh, they're definitely movies worthwhile. You're probably going to see it more than once. And last but certainly not least is the rarefied air that's known as certified nerd. These are for the legendary films like Jaws and Jurassic Park in that ilk. Where you know what? You're going to see it whenever it's re-released. You're going to buy the collector's edition. You might even buy the anniversary editions. You're going to add it to your uh, your roster of movies that you watch on a regular basis. You're going to add it to your collections. And they're the legendary films. So with that being said, gentlemen, it is now time to give our scores. We're going to start with Ron as normal. Ron. What is your nerd score for the butterfly butterfly effect and why? All right, after talking with you guys, I'm at a three. It's good. It's good. It's good. Not going to lie. At first, I was at like a four because I really enjoyed it. You know, I didn't wasn't upset I had to watch it. wasn't upset that I bought it. Really did enjoy seeing it again after a while. After talking with it, it's like, okay, I can see where we fumble a two or three. Like you said, there's a couple plot holes that when you play it through, like the fact that you never discussed that the, the Kaylee and Tommy are twins because in, in one of the flashback or flash, all the memories coming uh, back through, they're graduating college together. Yeah. Like there's just a bunch of stuff that just never to the defense. They could be Irish twins. Yep. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. To the defense. They'd be the same age and same grade. Maybe. <laughs> usually. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. It could happen, but usually that's not the case. Um, so, it's that whole thing. Like it wasn't up. Like I said, wasn't upset to see the movie. There are, like you said, the, Ashton made some choices that in some of the scenes you're just like, eh. and, and I and I know, I, I agree with you 100. percent Like the whole suicide scene, really, even with the joke and Tommy coming in, like it still shouldn't have been Tommy coming in to save him. It should have been Lenny. Yeah, it should have been Lenny. It should, it should have just straight up been Lenny. Like trying to give Tommy this hero. I know he's supposed to be the hero thing in that timeline, but that doesn't make really sense for regardless of the character like it should have been lenny because every time there was something for lenny lenny was there yeah and but now it's like no it's not there and it's just one of those movies like i said it's a good movie it's if you haven't seen it it's worth seeing it just doesn't push the threshold all right diesel is now time for your nerd score and why all right we're also at a three it's good it's good it's good i think the premise was great but the most enjoyment I got out of this movie is actually this right here. This is one of those movies where I like the premise. I like the conversations that it leads to after the fact with your friends. I thought the movie was good, but I had the same uh, like reaction to it when I saw it 20 years ago, where I was like, man, I, I like that movie. It was good. I had never bought it on DVD. I never saw the subsequent se- sequels. I never wanted to delve more into the world of the butterfly effect. I think it was good to watch 20 years ago. I watched it you know, earlier today. If I see it in another 20 years, I won't be upset, but I, I probably won't ever watch this again in my life. Well, uh, that's fair. That's fair enough. Uh, well, now that comes to me, and I'm, I'm the high one because it's a four for me. Show me the money! 
I, I don't know if it is that they're just like fucked up movies or like depressing films yeah. or whatever, but uh, the premise was good. I feel for the most part they nailed the premise on this film. Uh, there's some things that I would have done differently. There's some answers, but I feel like even the small amount of loopholes there are, they're not egregious enough that it knocks me completely out of the movie and made, ever took me out of the world. Uh, the only time that ever had a threat of happening was with the stigmata scene because you broke all the rules of your own world. Uh, even his selfishness, it just makes me look at him like a villain instead of a hero because I don't think that there was anybody in this movie that was meant to be a hero. I, I thought that the whole point of it was to have a flawed character. No. We, at Three Fat Nerds, we viewed Thumper as a hero. Oh, <laughs> that <laughs> fat golf was slaying the cooch. <laughs> yes, we do. There is a hero. It is Thumper. Uh, with that being said, I gave it a 7 out of 10 as my critic score. I think it's uh, there's some flaws in the movie. That's why it doesn't go up higher. Uh, there's, there's definitely some things that I wish would have been different. But like I said, if you're in for... It's one of those movies, though, that you can't watch too much, but I'll go back to every few years. Like, it's not something I would watch yearly because it is kind of depressing to watch. But, I mean, I watched this movie about five years ago, so it's a lot sooner than, you know, again, sorry, I saw it in the theater originally, and then I've seen it. I've obviously bought it on Blu-ray. That's the last time I saw it was five years ago. I bought the Blu-ray version of it, and I found it on DVD, so it's something that is in my collection. And I do watch on, a, on, on I shouldn't say, a somewhat frequent basis, but every so often. So going back and watching it for me was no problem, and I'll watch it again in the few years and be like yeah you know because for the most part like i said there's a lot of things that you could have done you know there's it could have would have should have could have killed every movie but to, the, to me it was entertaining enough and like i said i have a love for these dark ass fucking movies uh for some reason because hey you know life isn't perfect i guess just like i like dark comedy just like i like uh, everything comes from a uncomfortable place i guess that's just because life has never been good uh you know well i mean i shouldn't say that <laughs> this sounds bad it sounds terrible. but life has never been fair if you will and i think that's part of life nobody goes through with the storybook ending that you get in that second piece everything is a, a shade of gray into dif differing times because i would say my life would more be like his regular life that he should have just stayed the fuck in yeah because think about it. Yeah, other people, they moved away. You didn't know. You didn't care about Kaylee for how many fucking years? And all of a sudden, you have to go back and see her? You were visiting Lenny, so this can't be the first time he outbursted you. So why all of a sudden is it now? Why are yeah. you affected now? You're going to college. You're doing things. You're, it looks like you're graduating. Yeah. You're getting good grades. Why, why change everything for something? Because if she meant so much to you and she was the love of your life, you would have never went away and never came back. I'm sorry. Just that's yeah. how it is. That's, yeah. that's At the end of the day, that's how it is. So it is what it is. And I mean, up until the point that he came and fucking bothered her and reminded her. I mean, it's not like she was like, you know, making millions of dollars, but it seemed like she wasn't bad off. You know, she was enjoying doing her job and everything. Now, they, they kind of hinted that she wasn't really enjoying it because they had the customer grab her ass and she like shot him that look like, yeah, and like, like, fuck, I got to deal with this. Right, well, the, I get the, you, the but, but, is, but once again, that's life. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Life is no, life. I, try, I tried to quit smoking a hundred times. You know, it, once again, life is life, though. Like, so you can't say, but at least she wasn't dead and she wasn't killing herself. Yeah. She didn't do that until after his ass came back in <laughs> talking shit about how great things were. Yeah. Yeah. He's having a wonderful time in college and, you know, she's going, he's going on and doing all these things and you left me and never fucking came back, you asshole. And here we are now. You want to come back in my life and remind me of the worst times of my life. Because because it, 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 you want answers, you fucking moron. Like, like, that's why I'm saying he's a villain. And then the. To add to the he's a villain thing, throwing the uh, bouquet of flowers and then the I'll come back for you fucking note. 
Oh, you fucking dick. <laughs> what an asshole. Because you didn't come back the first time, you bitch. Anyways, moving on, though. Uh, but yeah, that's our thoughts on 2004's The Butterfly Effect. If you would like to hit us up and give you your your thoughts on the movie, please do so. Go to 3FNPodcast.com. All the social media links are there and all the other links to get a hold of us. So 3FNPodcast.com. But before we get out of here, Ron, I believe you have some business to take care of. One out of ten stars. He'll not be back on my screen. The film is really bad and badly aged. Not for people who like visual effects or strong plot. Bad editing, bad effects, terrible script, characters you don't care for. The film has aged like a dog turned in a milky basket. I think Wallace and Gromit's version is a lot better. One out of ten stars. The Terminator just sucks people. It spawned a highly successful franchise. And also spawned possibly the greatest like sequel movie of all time, if not one of the greatest movies of all time. I will say this. I do like the fact that they were at a one out of ten, and they had a clever pun for their, their title. He might be back, but not on my screen. I give it that. And it was a, yeah, I don't like this movie. It didn't age well. I don't like it. One out of ten. I do like their score. Like, although it's not a clever pun, <laughs> it's just quoting because the movie. if it's if it, Terminator One, he can't be back. This is his first time. <laughs> For T two, it would have been clever because he was back. Yeah. I'll be back is not in this movie. That is in the sequel. My, mind oh, you, okay. Mind yeah, you, mind you, this is uh, January seventh, two thousand or yeah, twenty twenty two. Oh, recently. <laughs> yeah, it spawned off a high like, even though like this sequels have you know peaked after, at two, two, after two it fell off downhill yeah. massively it still is a highly successful action sci-fi franchise where granted it might not be for this person but it's it's a cultural phenomenon i will say that about terminator Cult- terminator was a cultural phenomenon that still resonates today and i'm sure there's projects in the works for a retelling or a continuation of it going down I get it, it wasn't for this person, but god damn. <laughs> to, to borrow something for our good friend Joey from So Wizard Podcast, he always likes to say that if a director makes three movies that he likes, that that director has a pass forever. Even if they make terrible movies, they'll still yeah. consider that director legendary. Jim Cameron's made a lot more than just oh, three. Yeah. and But for that, he gets a pass for life. I mean, he, you know, Avatar, I don't like it, but he gets a pass. He gets a pass. You know, so, Titanic's so, not for us, but... It's a fucking great movie. Gets a pass. So so, and I and you if you can you can pick uh, different multiples of three, whether it's T two, The Abyss, and fucking you know, uh, Titanic, yeah. or whether it's Terminator, Terminator two, and uh, you know, insert other Terminator movie you like that I don't like in there. Whatever. I'm just saying James Cameron's got that yeah. that, that blessing. No matter how you look at it. So shout outs to Joey from So Wizard Podcast. By the way, check those guys out. <laughs> uh, with that being said, though, we are at the end of this week's podcast, and I would like to say thank you for. Tuning in. Thank you for joining us for our review of The Butterfly Effect on its 20th anniversary. Damn, I feel old. Next week, we will be back with a new movie, our only second new movie of the year 2024. You know, the beginning of the year is always slow for new movies. And, uh, you know, obviously there's other movies we could watch, but, uh, you know, sometimes you can't get them in your theater or whatever. So we went with the ones and Argyle is upon us. So we will be seeing Argyle. And next week, you will hear all about it on the 3FN Movie Club Review. Until then, for myself and for the guys, take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and most importantly, later, nerds! Later. I had a clever line, but I looped back and forgot it. Terminator just sucks people. That's all, folks.